Check Me Out is a production of Panhandle PBS and Amarillo College's FM 90 and is recorded at AC's Washington Street campus. That's how kids learn to be brave is getting scared. And it gives them a sense of control over their lives. They may have to put the book down for a little bit because it is so scary. But when they go back, they're that much braver. You have just explained why I'm the person I am today. So I appreciate that. Okay. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. And our hour's up. You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. Welcome to Check Me Out, a podcast for book lovers. I'm Amy Hart. Today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, and I'm sure the people on our panel, we all love this, Children's Mysteries. This is uh, titled Magical Mystery Tour. So uh, let's start with our guests. We're going to start right over here with you. Introduce yourself and tell everybody a little bit about why you're here. Well, I am Melody Boren. I'm the Youth Services Coordinator for the Amarillo Public Library, and obviously I love to read. I love to get get the right book into the right hands, and that is an important part of my job because I think books become part of us and help us shape our lives accordingly. So that is why I'm here. I'm Jill Gibson. I'm the chair of the Matney Mass Media Program and the co-coordinator of Amarillo College Honors and Scholars and a professor, and I love to read. So last night I pulled out some of the books I had saved from my childhood and took a picture of them, and almost all of my favorite books are mysteries in some way. I love that. I can't wait to talk more about those. And finally, I'm Hillary Holsey. I'm the content manager at Panhandle PBS, and I too love children's mysteries. Um, it's, I think, really what got me to reading. So, yeah, very good. So we're gonna start. What What are your favorite uh, childhood memories of mystery books, and why? One of my favorite childhood memories is probably the queen of all mysteries in my mind and that would be the from the mixed up files of mrs basil e frankenweiler one of my favorites yes and the idea of living in the museum and solving the mystery of the statue Mm -hmm. and again living in the museum just enchanted me and i really love that mystery but i also read nancy drew and love the fact that there was a puzzle to be solved a mystery Yes, the, the, I really, I'm not a huge Nancy Drew fan. I did read Nancy Drew when I was a kid. I read The Hardy Boys when I was a kid. But that I, I really love the mixed up files. And the thought of being able to stay overnight in a museum seems so fascinating to it me. It does. Last night as I was briefly thinking about doing this, I, I wanted to look up what people had to say about why kids love mysteries because, like I said, I went to the bookshelf of books I had saved from those really important years of 8 to 12 where you're not as distracted by things like hormones in school, <laughs> but you can read and really enjoy books. And I had saved a bunch of books from that time, and they were mostly mysteries. They were either about mysteries, something supernatural, or animals, and my favorites had all three of those things in them. But I looked up why kids love mystery books so much, and a mystery author had written that kids like mystery books because the heroes can be smart and can solve puzzles. 
And as a basically indoor kid, I, I think that probably appealed to me, that you didn't have to be strong or beautiful or beloved by everyone if you were just smart. So oh, I'm a nerd. So that true. is so true. I immediately think <laughs> I of Hermione. I, I can't yes. help but think of her. Um, but yeah. That's an awesome I, and quote. I think that's why I liked Nancy Drew actually, because yeah. mm-hmm. it was the female mm-hmm. party boys, you know. Yeah. But but she was just a girl, mm-hmm. and it was like, but she's doing these amazing things. Yeah. So even I get back that. in the day, she had agency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a convertible. What years yes. was she popular? Do you know? I I don't actually know. Uh, a, a long time ago. I mean, I think the other thing that struck me as I was looking at the books uh, that were important to me is so many of them were written in the 70s. And I, that says something about my age. I have some of my children's books that were mysteries. And I don't relate to as many of those as I do to the ones from my childhood. But here's the weird thing. They liked the books that I liked because I saved them and gave them to them. Mm-hmm. I don't think I think that's the trade the hallmark of great literature is that it's ageless like Nancy Drew. There have been some updates, and I think the new authors have made her a little more juvenile, a little little more friendly for younger readers to get them hooked for the later books. Yesterday, May 1st, 2019, was the 89th anniversary of the first publication of a Nancy Drew book. Wow. Wow. What oh is the timing gosh. on this? Exactly. That's so cool. That 89 so, years. Yes. Wow. So 1929 or, wow. or 1930 was the first appearance of Nancy Drew on the scene. And oh, that, my that's gosh. A, a lot when you talk about her being a woman, her mm-hmm. being very independent, having her yes. convertible, having <laughs> her ability to take charge and solve problems in 1929. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, well, actually, my love of mystery came from Nancy Drew. Um, I This is really terrible, but... I checked out a book from my church library, actually. I will not mention the name of the church because you will see why in a moment. <laughs> uh, we had a like a contest or competition for how many books you could check out and read and return. And you would put a little rock in a bag. And whoever bag weighed the most at the end is obviously the winner. I Get did not win. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't win, but I did check out um, The Mystery of the Ivory Charm. Uh, it was a Nancy Drew book that... I think she explores uh, a little boy who's uh, a mystery around a boy who's from India. And I loved that. I loved there was like a tunnel in it and I don't and and (laughs) jewels. And I think that just that it explored a different culture in a Mm -hmm. way. And so I never returned it to the church library (laughs) and I kept it for years and years. And we would get those little letters in the mail. Obviously, I feel really bad about this, but um, I still have it. (laughs) <laughs> I, I just loved it so much and I didn't want to stop reading it so I don't know I, I just really loved the mystery and obviously the puzzle to solve and um, I continued to read Nancy Drew and then my grandma had um, Hardy Boys as well mm-hmm. so I, I read a lot of those um, in her collection so and again y'all mentioned this but Nancy Drew the fact that she was a girl really appealed to me I mean I liked the Hardy Boys but there was something about that that stuck
Are there any standalone books that you can think of as far as mysteries that you really liked as a kid or were they all pretty much series um no the Konigsberg um the mixed up files is Mm -hmm. standalone Mm -hmm. and I am not a big series person I lose interest after a while especially with adult series they get very repetitive the first series I ever finished was Harry Potter Wow, so that's that's the famous series for and, children's reading. And then I could see, you know, I started trying to be a little more diligent. Game of Thrones, I finished all the books that that were have been published. And so waiting for that last one, like everyone else. But uh, <laughs> so the mixed up files, there are lots of great standalones. There's, uh, you know, especially in YA, Gwenda Bond is writing a series of the girl sleuths including lois lane lois lane is a snarky high school journalism student and yeah so that's cool a lot of great standalones and one thing i noticed is it a lot of the books i would read once i found an author i liked i would read all of the books by that author And so they weren't necessarily a series, but there were similarities in the books. And Mm -hmm. so I would get attached to an author. Do you have an author? Um, Well, some of the ones I read are, sadly, a lot of these books are out of print now. There was, there's an author named Zilpha Keatley Snyder. Have you heard of her? The Egypt Game. Yes. Oh, that was one of my favorite books. And I read everything she wrote. Mm -hmm. And Lois Duncan. I read everything Lois Duncan wrote as well. My idea of a good summer day was to go to the library and check out as many books as I could Mm -hmm. and sit down and read all day. And I look at my childhood pictures, and I'm just sitting there with my head down reading in a lot of the pictures. (laughs) So it's no wonder that if I found an author I liked, I would keep reading. And that's still true as an adult. I think that's true for a lot of people, even especially adults. We find an author that we're comfortable with kids really do that because they feel safe with certain authors they know that this author is probably going to take the dog out of the picture pretty soon so they're going to avoid that author so um if they're like me i don't want same (laughs) same i mean you know i think that you know i love the babysitters club because it was it was a warm (laughs) blanket it was very comfortable and Mm -hmm. i knew what i was getting into Mm -hmm. when i opened it and the dog wasn't gonna die halfway mm-hmm. through the book so i agree with that i think and i still do that as an adult yeah so there's a hilarious <laughs> book called no more dead dogs by um gordon corman and it starts out with i am sick of the books <laughs> where the dog dies yep and so i need that yeah yeah i highly I recommend it it's very funny mm-hmm. so i can't think of any standalone books that i read because i did just read series like the boxcar children was like my series. I read as many of those as I could. Um, what year did that come out? There that's, are so that, many. That's old. So many. I, I'm, yeah. Obviously, I haven't kept up in recent years. <laughs> they still are writing them. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Yes, um, there, there is a team. It I is don't not know. Gertrude anymore. But I just loved the fantasy of those books where I wish I could live in a boxcar. And I, I, obviously, no one wants to be an orphan child who lives with their three siblings in a boxcar in the forest. But... Uh, and, and I think they do. They eventually move in with their grandfather, but and they use the boxcar as like a kind of like a treehouse sort of thing, um, a playhouse. But 
I loved those. So books. it's less tragic. It is less tragic that they have their wealthy grandfather. Yes, but I, <laughs> I, I do think a lot of the children's mysteries have that suspension of disbelief. There is a an element of fantasy yeah. involved, especially the ones I like. Uh, a lot of the books, like Harry Potter, there's a mystery to be solved, but it's not real life. And that ability to escape into another world mm-hmm. is very, very important. As a kid, I didn't really love the real life about real kids kinds of books, <laughs> like Judy Bloom books. Oh, okay. Like, did you like Beverly Cleary or... Was, I, I liked Ribsy because it was about a dog. Yeah. <laughs> and I read all of the Beverly Clary, but and Ribsy I wasn't, doesn't die. So, yeah, okay. that's important. Ribsy's Good to know. Life. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I really didn't, I, I wanted some element of otherness that was unlike my life, that escape. And there was nothing wrong with my life, it was just dull. Well, and familiar, and you need you need to see into other people's mm-hmm. lives to build empathy and understanding and the vocabulary that you get from reading a book about kids in Great Britain during World War II. Yeah, and it's safe. Again, kids like safe scares, mm-hmm. and that's important that they learn to – that's how kids learn to be brave is getting scared. And so that's very important. And it gives them a sense of control over their lives. They may have to put the book down for a little bit because it is so scary. But when they go back, they're that much braver. And you have just explained why I'm the person I am today. So I appreciate that. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. And our hour's up. (laughs) That'll be $120. (laughs) Do you feel like reading mystery as a child? Do you feel like it's your own little secret? But also, does it build community, or um, do you feel something when when somebody says, "Oh, I read that and I loved it too"? You know, so is it your own secret? But then when you find that other person that shares that interest, does it build that for you? I think for me, I did try to keep it a secret, but only because I would get obsessed with the series and I didn't want someone else either going in and checking them out so that I could <laughs> oh continue. You're one of those. Oh, that's I am good. one of those. <laughs> so that I can continue going in the series because when, if I told a friend of mine, this happened to me, we were reading Little House on the Prairie at the same time <laughs> and um, she got ahead of me. And so I had to wait and that was just the worst. So I did keep mystery books a secret, but only because I was selfish. And but I then when them. you finish them... If you had yes. a friend that was like, I read all of those too. I mean, was that instant connection? Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. think so. Um, and I would wait until the end to be like, you should read this. Mm-hmm. And and oftentimes I would find other people or I would talk to the, my teacher about it because I was it, It's good was that to person? have someone to discuss a book you love with, which is why when my children were little, I would read to them. But then when they got old enough to read on their own... I felt kind of left out, and so I would read what they were reading. Mm -hmm. And I discovered some great books because my kids brought them home from their school library like Holes. I had not read Holes, and that's a fabulous mystery book. That is. Yes. That is. I didn't even think of that one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Fabulous. Y'all. That. I've never holes. read it. Oh, oh my gosh. And, and I have heard from so many people that I would love it. You would. Okay. And it's so well it. written. Some mm-hmm. of these books, I just feel that the authors do 
they have fewer pages. They have someone to relate to that is not their age, so mm-hmm. they have challenges. But some middle grade books are so well written. Yes. They have to do a lot more, as you said, in fewer pages. They also have to keep up the pace and make the characters much more interesting than I think a lot of adult authors do. The successful ones do that very well. And they don't, they can't resort to the cheesy romantic scene Mm -hmm. or that subplot. And Mm -hmm. so they stay on track the whole time. Right. There's usually one issue. In the case of mysteries, there, there may be a side issue with the family or something happening at school, but there's that mystery that gives that character more power. Purpose. Mm-hmm. And purpose, yes. And, and the resolution at the end, there aren't any mystery stories where the mystery isn't solved at the end. Eventually, that's why you keep reading. Now, there, the, there might be some things that aren't wrapped up. Yes. But... Generally, there's some resolve. And those are personal issues usually that, you know, Mm -hmm. hopefully will get resolved. Harry Potter. Um, (laughs) All is well. (laughs) That's that's so satisfying that you know when you reach the end that certain things have been answered. And I get frustrated sometimes by, especially series, um, adult books, The one I'm thinking of right now is the Annihilation series. I don't know if you've read that. Mm -hmm. I have not. Um, Sorry. It's popular. Honestly, it's very popular, but I kept reading thinking all my questions will be answered. And then there was another book, and I thought, well, I'll just keep reading because eventually (laughs) this is going to make sense. And I kept reading and reading and reading, and I finished. It was a three-book series, and then I thought, okay, I still don't really understand. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's frustrating, it and, is. and I don't think it's clever. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that's what the authors are going for. But I, I read such strange things. I read a really odd combination. It's hard for me to find people who've read that, the same books as I do. And I have resorted at one time to taking all the Harry Potter books and st- sticking them in a coworker's un unlocked car at lunch (laughs) because he refused to read a children's book and I thought no you're going to read these and I put them uh, in his car and he read them and loved them and so and who was right I was right yes I won that one so you know and so we did that off and on that's how I read the road and uh, because I felt I owed it to him he read all the Harry Potter series. Like Cormac McCarthy the road? I regret reading the road. Oh boy yeah that's a those are that's a tough one well, Did you enjoy it? No, you don't enjoy McCarthy. No, no. I don't think you <laughs> I was enjoy like, McCarthy. But you read it. It was but, really depressing, from what I remember. Oh, it's well, incredibly depressing. But you know, it ended with just enough hope to make me, you know, not mm-hmm. hate everyone around me. It wasn't quite <laughs> enough hope for me. It's like Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that very uplifting. That movie. I'm the odd, I'm the only person I think in the world that found that movie uplifting. Probably. But but at the end when they show the survivors, yeah, descendants, that to you um, was powerful. That well, he saved, yeah. he saved, and these the yeah. six thousand people would not be here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it weren't for for Oscar Schindler. And, and I can I can see that as positive. The road, it's well, they're still alive, but the you know, but the dang. world's a, a disaster <laughs> and life is very depressing. Our English department, especially um, Frank Sobey. What is Frank Sobey's title? 
associate vice president of academic affairs. He loves the road. And so they kept talking about the road. They kept talking about the road. So I had to read it. <laughs> and again, I read it thinking there would be some resolution and humanity would be saved. And really, it was just so sad at the I, end. I think the hope, it's just a spark when his father has died and he meets the other travelers and he looks at the man and says you don't eat babies do you and the man realizes that this kid has seen some stuff mm-hmm. and um and he is very fragile and he says no we don't it's kind of like the end of the grapes of wrath there's sadness but there's hope there's this spark of hope and i guess that's all i need so is that why mystery is fun to read because there's a payoff at the end oh yeah and yes. you know that you're gonna yes. have the definitely. payoff definitely because it is for me well, it's. I, I like think, the resolve. Yes, but it makes it a page turner too, where you're like, absolutely, you can't put it down. Yes. You have to find out. And yeah. do you do you work through the book thinking it's this person or it's oh, that person? Absolutely. Okay. I feel like you're using your brain in other ways yes. while you read mystery, mm-hmm. where you you're do. not just following the story. You're actively engaged in figuring it all out. Yeah. Deduction and logic mm-hmm. and gathering the the clues and figuring out how things fit together and sometimes going back a few pages to reread a section Mm -hmm. to see if there's some sort of foreshadowing Mm -hmm. there's there's a lot that goes into it that i think builds your mental capacity which sounds like an excuse for reading escapism mystery as a kid as an adult uh, constantly and sometimes but sometimes depending on how the mystery is written I am so busy in the in the present that I forget to try to de- to deduct a mystery and it shouldn't be so obvious that you, you know, oh well I know who did it yeah forget that and that's usually when I stop <laughs> when I can see you know I stop reading that series because oh well okay never mind yeah it's not as exciting does it is it weird that I think of Agatha Christie as children's mystery I read Agatha <laughs> Christie as a child I did too I did too yes yeah not written necessarily for children and. On my parents' bookshelf, I had to crawl up on a counter to get to them, but I read them all. I think maybe there were just some things I didn't understand. The lingo? Yes, but I think I read Body in the Library when I was like nine or something like that. And so, I don't know. She's she's That's what she's great at, and I don't think there's anything I think it's the pacing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, her pacing is very good for kids i read and then there were none that was the first agatha that Christie. was my first two and Mine uh, as well <laughs> have you read murder of roger Ackroyd yet <laughs> have you um i did i i think i did so much sometimes agatha christie kind of runs <laughs> in my head together but yeah. um it, yeah right he was like not a pleasant guy right no and, and everyone wanted to kill him basically yes. okay yeah yes. i've read that one and it has like that i think i remember that well one. is it the locked room or is that the body in the library I don't remember. I just remember it is the first time in history where this certain kind of plot twist mm-hmm. ever occurred. Um, mm-hmm. Cool. With the the narrator of the book. What Unreliable narrators. Yes. It's yeah. hard to okay. come up with something new. We have, yes. we have a trend now in adult mystery of the unreliable narrator, but it's not as common in children's. Are there any children's books that you can think of with the un- unreliable narrator? Um... Not for my era. Typically, that's, they're, that they're, the, they're the hero. I, I, I can't mean, think of any. I can't either. 
getting into YA, we have a, a few more opportunities for something like that. Uh-huh. Um, but for children, I I don't know. That would be unsettling. Yeah. In, a, in an oh yeah an unsatisfactory way. Exactly. I was going to say when we were talking about reading, um, if we were trying to figure out who it was the whole time, I think that mystery books are the number one books that I reread. Because mm. I like to go back and try to see where if I what clue I had missed to see missed what you missed where it's and yes. like picking up on those other little nuances that the author definitely included, but it totally went over my head. So I, I reread mystery a lot, and I think that's why I reread Harry Potter so many times mm-hmm. um, for the same reason. And I have not reread Harry Potter. I've only read the series once, but I want to because of the same reason. I, I want to pick up on the clues and there, and also watching Game of Thrones. I'd like to restart that for the same reason. The one where I like really do you, I know you want to talk about Harry Potter, but we can talk about it later if you want to. Do you care if I talk no, about we've, it now? No, we've already. You know, my my question was going to be: Do we count Harry Potter as a mystery? Yes. Yes. And each each one is its own. Each mm-hmm. volume is its own mystery. Yeah, and there's I mean, several mysteries within them. True. Correct. Well, if you think about it what the title of the book is is the mystery yeah that they're trying mm-hmm. like what is the sorcerer's stone what is mm-hmm. the chamber of secrets mm-hmm. the prisoner who is the prisoner of mm-hmm. azkaban but where i think i really realized that was on my second reading of harry potter when she's talking it's like something you would totally not think about at all peeves the poltergeist mm-hmm. breaks the cabinet in like chamber of secrets i think it is or maybe it's even in no, I think it's Chamber of Secrets. And then it's the cabinet that Draco is fixing in the sixth book mm-hmm. where oh. of the, the where they're able to go from Hogwarts to, to uh Nocturne Alley. I that blew my mind. I was like, that is a clue that I would have never That's paid how brilliant attention. she is as yes. a writer though. Yes. Yeah. That, that's what I loved about holes is all those connections and layers and overlapping things that don't sync up till the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, I that can't wait to read so this already. Yeah. She said layers, and I'm like, sold. Well, holes? Mm-hmm. holes was the first book. I'm talking more about how I was a terrible kid who didn't listen to my teachers. but <laughs> Who stole the, books from the, the li- church. A church library, yes. <laughs> Evil. <laughs> if you're going to steal something, steal books. Nobody well, would appreciate books. that book like you. Uh, thank you. <laughs> That's probably true. That means a lot coming from a librarian. <laughs> um, Holes is the first book that I actually had my grandmother take me to the store where I was like, I cannot wait for us to continue reading this in class and I have to read it on my own. And wow. I went and read it on my own that the rest of it that night because it is that good. Because you have to figure out what's going to happen. With Stanley Yelnats, yeah. And also I think the characters in a lot of these books are so well developed that that's that's addicting you want to be part of their world but I don't think I realized until last night when I thought about this that there's something very reassuring about these middle grade mysteries because you know that in a certain number of pages you will have a resolution you know the hero's not going to die. Mm-hmm. You know that something exciting is going to happen. Harry kind of died. Well, kind of. <laughs> kind of not. I mean, you know, you know I, I think that that's the reason why I've gone back and, and reread some of these books and saved them is because 
they are like a hug. They're safe. Yeah. And they're friendly even when they're scary and there's anxiety building because you know that they'll end well. Maybe unlike some things in real life. Like I life agree with general. that. Do you <laughs> prefer to read, um, uh, even as a child, but even now, do you prefer to read more of a Harry Potter with a you know, a completely made up world and wizards and things like that? Or do you prefer the real life type mysteries? I think there's a place for both. I like both of them. It depends on the world building mm-hmm. and and how how believable and intricate it can it is. Um, you look at Game of Thrones, and uh, I guess we could even call that a mystery in a way. Mm-hmm. But uh, it just occurred to me. I was thinking fantasy. This genre blending is is really tough on librarians yeah. let me tell you we want to classify <laughs> you and put you in your place <laughs> right but um but yeah it depends on how good the world building is but then there's nothing better than you know a well-constructed um mystery where everyone's guessing and there are so many red herrings thrown your way so i like both of them mm-hmm. i think it really depends on the writing there are certain ideas which are really good, but if the writing is not good, I cannot stay committed to the book. And that was even true as a kid, that a good writer can write a variety of genres. Looking at the books I saved, there's sort of a, a semi-fantasy mystery trend like the phoenix in the carpet do you know that one i don't oh that's a great book i think it's nesbitt um okay old old book but i like that combination but it really doesn't matter if the writing is good i picked up some adult books and thought well that's a great idea i really like that idea for the plot and the characters but the writing's clunky and you put it down Yes, yes. Life is too short to read a book that you don't absolutely love or find intriguing for some reason. You know, I did not love The Road. You just don't love McCarthy. He's brutal. But it was important that I read it, I think. I thought about it a lot for a long time. I think with fantasy or genre blending, where I almost didn't recognize Harry Potter as a mystery is that while you're trying to work out the mystery, you're also trying to understand how laws and how society works in this world. So you're trying to unravel the world building mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. same time. So pretty the entire thing is a mystery to you. And I mean, obviously that's why you have your, your character that you are Harry, you're in his head, you're trying to figure out things at the same time that he is um, to understand the magic world. So it's another level yeah, of mystery. It is because yeah. you don't understand how that world works. Only J.K. Rowling does, and I think that that the intricacies of it is part of the fun. Um, it's it makes it fun to figure that out as well as what is who is the half blood prince. Like mm-hmm. you know that that adds another layer of mystery to it. I agree, and it's so delightful. I mean, the world is just so delightful. And that's a, a big part of the the unraveling of that, too, because it's Harry is delighted to be somewhere he is wanted. He's obviously wanted at Hogwarts. And uh, after the life he's led for 11 years, it's 
it's a relief for the reader as well and delightful when the letters come down the chimney and, and all that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think the genre blending, it, it makes it more interesting. It's easier to, for a reader to find something that they're going to love. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I like about Harry Potter, you kind of get it with boxcar children, but maybe not as much is that Harry, Ron, and Hermione all have their own role in solving the mystery. You have Hermione, who's clever. She's the Nancy mm-hmm. Drew character. Ron is like the loyal friend, but he has those kind of weird things he kind of just stumbles upon. He's that kind of character. I wouldn't ne- wouldn't necessarily, well, I would never categorize Ron in that category ever with Hermione. He's just too much of a... Oh, yeah. I don't know how to... He's, well, yeah. I, he's there. Yes, he's, he's just there. He's there. Well, they couldn't have... I don't think they could have solved any of it without her No. Money, frankly. <laughs> no. At, no. At all. Of course I, not. It took all three of them together yeah. because yes. Harry had the courage. Hermione had the 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 re, the research background mm-hmm. and she could figure out some connections. And Ron has a way of just looking at the situation and going... You know, they're making it so complex. And he asks the questions. He also knows the wizarding world better than both Harry and Hermione do. That's true. So his knowledge of, like, being, Mm -hmm. you know, it comes into play really a lot in the last book with um, Tales of the Beetle Bard. Beetle the Bard. Beetle the Bard, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Where he was read that as a child by his mother so he he's like oh that's what this is about and it leads to them understanding having a better understanding so ron does have a purpose I, you know he's oh all the ron hate oh, wow i don't like ron interesting <laughs> Did you, do you think hermione could have done better uh, oh yes <laughs> oh yeah yes <laughs> no, i love ron i love the weasleys i love them i love all the weasleys i just don't like ron i don't know what oh, it is man. i'm, I'm sorry ron. there's percy to hate come on oh yeah that's true percy's pretty bad there are plenty of i love Ginny though <laughs> the thing that uh came to mind as y'all were talking about harry potter is a lot of these books also have a group of kids working together there is that element of teamwork Mm-hmm. Is there's this close-knit group that's battling evil or solving the problem. It's it's kind of a, a childlike thing that Stephen King brought into his books with it even, where you have the group of kids that are up against the obstacle. Mm-hmm. And I really like that, and I think I liked that as a kid because I was – pretty solitary and I loved the idea of having a group of kids Mm -hmm. that I would solve problems with and Mm -hmm. I'm the complete opposite I'm an only child Mm -hmm. love Nancy Drew because she was out doing it on her own you know what I mean (laughs) so there was something about like this strong female who Who was isolated and didn't need anybody and I was like I could be her you know Mm -hmm. but the group of children I was like eh I'd have to socialize and I don't know if I want to do that see I I love that and I even as a kid, tried to write my own mystery stories, and it was always I did a too. group of kids going yeah. out on their own without any adults trying to solve some sort of problem in a quirky and strange world. In sixth grade, we had to write a book, and it was only like, you know, write five pages or whatever. It wasn't a very book. long. A, a book. book. <laughs> and But we had to work on it throughout the semester, but my teacher's name was Miss Ransom. So my story is the ransom of Miss Ransom, you know. There you oh, go. I love oh, that. Very cool. And I found it the other day in my closet. So my first mystery. 
Very good. But I wrote. Keep going. But it was kind of the same. It was very Scooby-Doo, very that kind of. But yeah, there were other kids involved. You wouldn't think <laughs> that, that I would have other characters, but. We always knew that Scooby-Doo's villain was like someone that was corporate. Yeah. Like that, that nasty corporate. There was yes, a, but I always watched it. And so. you know, there's a new uh, adult book that's called Meddling Kids. Oh, mm-hmm. how Have you heard about this? Yes. And it's it's based on Scooby-Doo, but it's like they all grew up and now they all have drug problems. And they're oh my like, gosh. They're there's like, a surprise. There's a surprise. <laughs> um, but one of them is in the mental institution because, you know, they that's uncovered kind of that the, yeah, the old, but, but then they have another mystery to solve. But uh, it's it's loosely based, you know. They have a dog, but the dog doesn't talk. It's not it's not that kind of thing. But uh, but it was it's pretty good. So if you're if you liked Scooby Doo as a child, then maybe I don't know. Watch them as they grow up. Seems like it would make me sad. <laughs> I think it's reality, like. Jill. Yeah, it's yeah, reality. I was gonna say, you know, <laughs> life life reality. is a great equalizer. <laughs> <laughs> some uh, newer children's mystery novels that you can think of or even YA um, well we've, we've thank you BBC we have a lot of uh, Sherlock spinoffs Enola Holmes is uh, Sherlock's younger sister the Victorian Sherlock much younger sister who is this is more a middle grade book or series and she is on her own a lot because Mycroft and Sherlock are busy <laughs> and so much older than she is and so she has that there, we have that series in Ola Holmes Alexander McCall Smith adapted the precious Ramwatse books for some of them for younger readers so we have a childhood look at the owner of the number one ladies detective agency in Africa solving you know little mysteries and these are for these are for younger readers um, solving you know the mystery of who stole the cake and things like that (laughs) and that surprised me when I saw that we've had another theme and I think it started with the mixed up files but blue balliot has written uh chasing vermeer which involves a child or group of children searching for a lost art treasure of some sort so it brings in the art world as well chasing vermeer was one that i saw last night when i was looking online at children's mysteries and that was the one that i thought oh i want to read that me too and yeah. it's, it really did bring back the mixed up files and those memories. And I thought, well, maybe I should just start reading children's books. So I guess I'm reverting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm looking up a series. Um, it's a middle grade series. And it, inv- it, I think we have Harry Potter to thank for this one as well. The school scene. The um, Let's see. It'll take me just a second. I think the other thing that a lot of kids like and are drawn to, I know I was, was the idea of the British boarding school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just that whole atmosphere, which, of course, Harry Potter captures so well. But there are a lot of other 
I, I've read a lot of British books as a kid. I, yeah, I did too. I liked that. It seemed like another world. Okay, it's the Wells and Wong series. And the first one is Murder is Bad Manners. And it's set during the 20s. And the second one is Mistletoe and Murder. And so they're just, I mean, and these are for, you know, middle grade, older readers, because murder is involved, which is not something you see mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of, of children's mysteries. Moving on to YA, I read a great book called The Girl at the Grave by Terry Bailey Black, and it is set in the 1800s. The heroine's mother was hanged for murder, and she's an outcast in her village, and yet somehow she has has a secret benefactor who gets her into the academy. She excels in the academy, and... um, she starts hearing things and, and noticing things in her village that make her question her mother's conviction. And so that it's very good. And the characters are great. The plot plotting is good. And um, I highly recommend that book. <laughs> There's a new, a new book called Death Prefers Blondes that is kind of a mashup of Ocean's 8 and To Wong Fu. Uh, with love and um, Margot Manning is a socialite um, by day she's an heiress and uh, she's dodging the paparazzi and at night she is leading a ring of drag queens um, (laughs) to jack the the jewels and and doodads of the famous wealthy people in California so kind of like the bling ring as well um, okay, and yeah. so it's it's action packed. Um, I love drag culture, so I have to read that book. <laughs> and what was that called? Death prefers blondes. Yeah. and I'm on it. That and then like that in holes. I'm going to Barnes and Noble later, or cool. I'm going to my local library to check those out. Yes, do it. That's um, what I'm going to do. Yes, please use your local library because you know. We let you have the book. Yes. <laughs> and then you Not bring forever. it back. And then you bring it back. I know. I've you learned bring that it back. lesson. Right. I learned it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I returned all of the books, but not always on time. And I always figured that paying library fees was my way of supporting the library. Exactly. I didn't think of it as I am keeping this book away from other people. But because you could only check out, I think when I was a kid, 15 books mm-hmm. at a time. Yes, I, and only. I could, I could read 15 books before we went back to the library, so I always wanted to return them to get my next 15. Right, absolutely. And if it makes any of you feel better, I work there, and I'm there every day, and I still have fines. And so <laughs> it, it does make me feel better. Um, it does. Because, I feel less guilt. There's yeah. hope for the rest I of us. I think I have fines yeah. right now, and I've been avoiding the library because I'm ashamed I don't have guilt because I pay my fines and then I'm supporting the library and yeah. it reminds me Feel to no shame. give. Okay. Feel no shame. Maybe I'll go to the library today with yeah, you. Yeah, we should. That's what we're doing on our lunch break today. But Excellent. That's, that's, that's great. my summer memory is going to the library. Yeah. And our library, I grew up in Albuquerque, had a little rose garden outside and so we'd walk through the rose garden afterwards. So that was my outdoor time. And <laughs> really quickly, five minutes of outdoor time. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Any other books that you want to recommend before we wrap up? Well, the classic one I wrote down, and 
I didn't like it that much, but everyone else liked it was Harriet the Spy. Mm. I loved Harriet the Spy. Why didn't you like it? Well, I liked the fact that she was nosy. I think it was just a little <laughs> bit too much reality. Oh, okay. uh, you know, there wasn't any any no magic or mis, you know mysterious things happening. People didn't have ESP or special powers. It was just sort of an obnoxious kid. I think Harriet the Spy made me feel like I could be a spy, and so I made my own spy kit and like had a magnifying glass and all of that from reading that book. I think we all did. Yeah. I had a notebook. I'd yeah. write in the notebook yeah. about people. <laughs> yeah, And there begin your journalism career. There you go. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for being here, and it was such a great discussion. I appreciate all of you. Thank you. Thanks. you. you want to go read. Check Me Out is recorded in the FM90 studios on the Washington Street campus of Amarillo College. Special thanks to Scotty Vanderford, Colin Lutz, and Stevie Brashears who designed our really cool logo. Also a huge thanks to the Mag7 for providing all of our music. Make sure you hit subscribe wherever you may be listening.